Good morning, everybody. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio, and it is Friday, the 10th of November, 2023. And I just want to remind everybody that this is uh, tomorrow, is November 11th, is Veterans Day. Okay, so please uh, say thank you to a vet. What can I say? They work hard for us, as you all know. Okay, but it's important to remember. It really is, and I like to remember them all the time. We, our show today, on this Friday, uh, the 10th of uh, November, okay, is with my good friend and our good friend, Dr. Howie Knopf. <laughs> and Howie, which reminds me, his, his name starts with a K, K-N-O-F-F, but I stopped saying Knopf years ago. So how, Dr. Howie Knopf is the president, as you all probably know, of Project Achieve. He's uh, a, a very, very renowned school psychologist. He consults continuously with school districts across the country and internationally. He's based now in Fort Myers, Florida, where he is today. And we're going to be talking about the seven suggestions to help districts avoid special education hearings, which is what Howie is. That's one of the things where Howie's expertise really shines. We're going to have a wonderful conversation. We'll archive the show over at ace-ed.org. That's the home website of our American Consortium for Equity in Education. Of course, we're always concerned and happy to do a show about special education, which is so important, so fully under that umbrella of equity. It's just so darn important. We're going to hear from how we know that stuff. I invite you to go over and check out our website, ace-ed.org. Our magazine is over there, which is called Equity and Access Pre-K-12. It's an online journal. All of our podcasts are over there, and our Excellence in Equity Awards have just opened up the nominations for educators like you, your colleagues, your school, etc. Please check it all out. You'll see all the links over there at ace-ed.org. And without further ado, here's Howie. Hi, Howie. How's the weather? Well, good morning, Larry. How are you? Good morning, buddy. I'm fine. I'm just fine. And yesterday, I got to tell you this, you'll love this, being from, from New York originally. Okay, it snowed yesterday. Okay, we did have snow <laughs> yesterday. Just a covering. Okay, but it's gone now. But it did snow yesterday up here in Maine. So how's the weather in Fort Myers? Well, in contrast with snow, you probably don't want to know. We're in the low 80s. The sun is shining. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> looking over the landscape uh, at the fluttering palm trees. Get a, a good... Good picture there, Norman Rockwell. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at leaves falling off the fluttering palm trees. I think it might even be raining out. I'm not really sure. Okay. Kind of a great day up here in Maine. Okay. Hey, Howie, I want to get into the show here. Seven suggestions. This is important because it has a lot to do with dollars. Dollars are tight out there. Seven suggestions to help districts avoid special education hearings. Okay. And I just talk about your experience in that. And I know you have a lot of it. And I also want to know, and you wrote this to me, why why you think that the special ed cases are going to really increase over the next few years? Howie, you're on. Do it. Project Achieve, right. by the way, everybody. Project Achieve Info. Projectachieve.info is the way you get in touch with Howie. Good. All right. So let's do the front end of the discussion, which is um, really my experience. I mean, um, yeah. I – 
do a lot of consulting around the country. Obviously, I used to be a university professor for over 20 years. I worked at the State Department of Education in Arkansas for 13 years. But I've always done some litigation. I've been an expert witness in court cases starting actually in 1993. So right now I'm working on a case actually of a 19-year-old student um, who was uh, assaulted in school. This is on the East Coast. We just finished a case uh, of a kindergartner student, an African-American kindergarten student, who was bullied and harassed, and the parents actually had to move away from the school district. Um, but they, even back oh, in the geez. 1990s, I was on four federal court cases in Montgomery, Alabama, representing African-American kids who actually were um, kids with special needs. Mm -hmm. And we basically went to federal court, and one of the cases involved uh, corporal punishment, where they were not providing appropriate mm. interventions. Their, quote, wow. intervention for the student to control him was corporal punishment. So, you know, I guess wow. I'll say, unfortunately, I find myself uh, helping school districts and, and parents in due process cases, but all the way up to many times uh, in uh, testimony in federal court. So that's the wow. front end. The back you, end. You, you, why you, you is, and why former I President think, Trump in federal court. Congratulations. There you go. Well, I think I'll avoid that connection, <laughs> so we'll just move on. <laughs> so... Why do I think he's an expert witness? Is, is, he's not on the stand. Go ahead. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, why do I think litigation is going to continue um, and, yeah. and actually expand? And I think the primary reason is is right now is because of the pandemic. Um, what we had during a year and a half period of time was we had students who were sheltered at home. We have right now 14% of the country are students who are identified as disabled and they are on IEPs. And so we had districts trying to deliver direct special education and related services to students in a virtual world. And, and that was incredibly challenging. And, and the schools were not prepared for it, let's just be honest. I mean, they did the best that they could, but they they fell short and and to kind of add fuel to the fire in the middle of the pandemic and i think rightly so the u.s department of education's office of special ed programs sent out a, a guidance paper a white paper and said look folks it doesn't matter where these students are you've got to provide the services that are written into their ieps well wow. so a critical point here is that again we fell short but the pandemic has no statute of limitations relative to special yeah. education. And so what's going to happen in the next 10 or 11, 12 years is we're potentially going to have students who are now in high school who did not receive the special ed services that they deserved and were on their IEPs when they were in kindergarten, first and second grade during the pandemic. And that's going to become a pivot point to having uh, all this litigation and potentially school districts having to provide compensatory services, which is not a bad thing, but the bad thing is, is litigation. So let me make a couple of points on litigation. Go ahead. 
school systems right. understand, and they need to understand if they don't, that when you're in a court of law, you've left the kingdom of education behind, okay? Because when you're in a court of law, if you're in even a due process case, um, when it's being arbitrated by somebody, usually from the Department of Education, the State Department of Education, but if you're in state and federal court, the rules are now court-driven. You're, you're, you're testifying, you are, if you will, arguing against the law, against regulations. It's not about education anymore. And so sometimes what happens is that school districts lose cases or sometimes parents lose cases, not because services weren't delivered, but because the appropriate services weren't delivered. All right, and here's my last point, then I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, when you're in a Take court of law or where you're in any litigious kind of situation, you've got to understand that at this point, it's about winning and losing. But we've got, yeah. to, we've got to be careful about thinking in that mentality as educators or me as a psychologist. It's not about winning and losing, okay? Because what happens sometimes is that districts may win a case, and they may get the short-term win, but they may learn, lose the long-term relationship with that student and that parent. Of course. And so even though you're in a court of law, you're bound by the law and the regulations, once the court decision is made, it's still about relationships and service delivery. And sometimes what happens is we have educators and administrators, and especially school board lawyers, and right now they want to win. But again, they may get the short-term win, but lose the long-term war. Yeah, and and you know it's an interesting thing. Uh, no, no, I, I hope not. I'm going to say make this blanket statement. No school district really wants to harm a child. Okay, they really want to do what's right by the child. Okay, and they do make mistakes in this, and I'm not not saying that. But uh, you know, the essence of education is to help to help to help the kids. Okay, it's like doctors. Right. They want to help right. their patients, but occasionally there's malpractice. Okay, not every doctor, but a lot of doctors. And most 99% of doctors, 99% of educators, school districts don't want this to happen. Okay, they really are, most of them, on the kid's side. Which brings me to the question, a lot of this, Howie, and we're going to get into your seven suggestions that will help the school districts, okay, and the staff avoid all this. Okay, how much when this when this happens, there is usually probably a financial compensation to the winner. Let's call that person the winner. All right, and um, are, are school districts covered insurance wise with all this, or how do they pay that? Where, where's that money coming from, or where's that coming from? Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Is, is it mostly well, insurance? You know, yeah. In 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 the big um, awards, yes, school districts have insurance. Absolutely. Uh, they have for insurance for to covering special ed for, IEP for, for covering nine, special ed yeah. as, as well as covering other issues um, in terms of freedom of speech relative to students, in terms of teasing, taunting, bullying, harassment, and so on. But, but again, you know, from that financial perspective, obviously there are deductibles and so on and so forth. And you know, at the same time, most school systems, the the middle to larger ones, they retain a school board lawyer. Okay, but but mm -hmm. you know, relative to the decisions, more often than not in special education, it's it's not always about the money. It's more 
that the parents are awarded or the student is awarded compensatory yeah. services. Okay. When you get into the financial, the financial use, well, compensatory services is basically we're going to give you additional services over and above what you're getting right now to make up for what you didn't get before. So it, it might be additional tutoring, and it might be extended year, you know, summer uh, services. It might be and I have doubling to, I have up to on ask this question services. then, based on what you yeah. said before. You said that some of these people do, from during the pandemic, 10 years from now, let's say they're 25, 26 years old, they're not in school anymore, okay? With the compensatory, how could that happen? I would think it would be financial. Well, that's, yeah, that's going to be a, a real big gray area because the deal is in special education, um, if you're in an IEP, you are allowed to receive special ed services up to age 21. And again, sometimes there's a hedge up to 22. But okay. once you have been awarded your high school degree, to some degree, that's a statute of limitation. Okay? Wow. You've got to show after you get the high school degree, you've got to show some egregious offenses by the school district, almost to the point where the high school degree is largely meaningless. But relative to the financial, mm. there usually are two areas that districts get hit on the financial. The first is um, in terms of if they lose the case, um, they usually have to pay some or all of the parents' uh, legal fees. So that's mm -hmm. one of the big hits. The second big hit is where the parent has felt that the services of the school district are just absolutely, totally inappropriate. They've taken the student out and put the student into a private school, paid the private school out of their pocket, and mm -hmm. that sometimes is where you'll get a financial award where the district will have to pay in arrears for the private wow. schooling that the student uh, received relative to the parent's decision to pull them out. It is a gray area indeed, and it's coming down the pike. It really is. Howie, uh, we, we labeled this show, um, or, or we talked about labeling the show, seven suggestions to help districts avoid special education hearings. All right. And uh, do you want to go down those seven suggestions now? Is that the, is this a good time sure. to do that? Okay, do that. Yeah. And, and in fact, let's do them in, in a couple of clusters. And, and before okay. I do, I want to, um, I think, I'm, I'm going to hedge on this one. Okay. Yeah. In the next um, ACE journal, um, there's going to be this, basically this, uh, this um, article that we're talking about today in terms of content is going to be in the next ACE journal, I hope, I assume. <laughs> I'll ask Maya. I don't know. I know she never shares with me so you until I Maya. see the one you do. Um, the, uh, at, at, at the Ace Journal he's referring to is on our website. Uh, that is a current issue that's up there now, obviously not a future issue, and that's at ace-ed.org, and you'll see the magazine over there. Just click through on the cover. Okay, thanks, Howie, for bringing that up. Seven suggestions. All right, number sure. one, or All right. the clump of so number here's one. Suge yeah. Here's suggestion one and two in a cluster. Suggestion one. Go. And, and this is for the district. This, admit yeah, yeah. mistakes. Admit mistakes. Don't focus on being right. And then suggestion two is remember that younger students with disabilities and their parents may be in your district for the next 10 years or more. And the point in all of this is it's about relationships. Certainly, it's about quality and effective services. 
and you know interventions and related services like you know counseling and occupational therapy speech therapy but it's about the relationship and so you know if the school district if if you made a mistake admit it okay you don't don't get hunkered in and focus on being right you know the po probability are is is that if you go through the litigation and you lose as a school district you're going to have to provide the compensatory services and i understand you don't want to set a precedent and i understand that sometimes your services and staff are a little bit thin but if, if yeah. you made them if you blew it then don't focus on being right just, you know, provide the compensatory services, negotiate it out, you know, do it in a fair and upright way. Um, but remember that if you kind of, if you soil that relationship early on, okay, if you've got a younger student with a disability and, and the relationship goes sour, you're dealing with that parent and that student maybe for the next 10 or 11 years. And there's yes. a residual effect. What happens is as kids grow through the system, teachers change, administrators change, but parents remember the relationship. And so what happens is the student may go from elementary to middle school, and all of a sudden the middle school staff are kind of getting this edge from the parent. They don't understand the edge. The edge originated with the litigation or the disagreements in elementary school, and, yep. and that just, again, pollutes the long-term relationship. And sometimes what's happening is the staff, as you move into middle and high school, they don't understand where it's coming from. All they see is a parent who basically, you know, quote, is in my face and is yeah, is in their way of thinking over demanding. Yeah, it's, it's, right. And, and they that, don't that, and they don't know the history. So and, and there's another challenge with that. I just want to go can. back to the other side is that I actually know people here in the district that I, went, I, I live in that went through this type of thing. And it, the relationship has been absolutely horrible. And I'm not blaming yep. either side. I'm just saying the relationship was horrible and the kid was in school and everybody, you know, not that everybody was against her, but that was the perception from the parents. Okay. Because yeah. things were, were argumentative the whole time. And you do have to right. remember that kids, a younger kid. Yeah. The, you're right. The kids feel that the younger kids sure don't do. understand it. It's, it's like a divorce, Larry. Okay. I mean, <laughs> sometimes the younger kids, they don't understand the divorce, but they certainly see and feel the acrimony yeah. and that impacts them. It sure does. Just good advice. Okay. The number, what's number three, Howie, of your seven. All right. Kind so of so let's cluster one and two. three and four. All right. So okay. suggestion yeah. three. Yeah. Make sure that, and this is from the this school, school district's district. perspective, yeah. make sure that all communications and discussions are clear. And then suggestion four is know that the parents know what they know, not what you know. All right, so let me give you an example. Yeah. Like, again, we're, we're into, into legalese. But if we're, we're ramping into due process or litigation, we've got to be mindful of, 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 of the legalese. All right. Yeah. So in the special education law, 2004 idea, the Individual Disabilities for Education Act, it says that students with disabilities need to be provided an appropriate education. Okay? They need to receive appropriate educational services. Now, here's the point. 
from the parent's perspective, what they're saying is, all right, I know what appropriate services are, and school district, you're not giving them to me. But what the legalese is, and there's all sorts of case law, that appropriate is basically your basic level of services that are needed to meet the needs of the student. So we're, we're talking about a, a, a Chevy here. We're not talking about a Cadillac, and we're cer certainly yeah. not talking about, uh, you know, a Lamborghini, okay? So <laughs> school districts, by law, have to provide the Chevy level of services to a student with disabilities. But again, the communication isn't clear. And so parents are now sitting there saying, all right, I know what appropriate is. It's not in the IEP. This is what I want, and I'm going to litigate, okay? And then the second part of it is parents only know what they know, not what they, you know, not what they don't know. So sometimes what happens is a school system may recommend an intervention. And again, the case law is pretty clear. The school system has the right to decide what services support interventions, what intervention pro, uh, pro, uh, processes or intervention tools or instruments or strategies. The school district gets to make that decision um, on their own, okay? It, and again, it's gotta be compliant with the IEP, but nonetheless, the experts are the experts. But a parent may go in and say, look, I want this intervention, okay? And the school mm -hmm. system's saying, no, we're not gonna give, <laughs> we're gonna give you this intervention. And again, then you get sometimes, the parents don't know what the, school district's intervention is, it may actually have the same characteristics of the one that they want, but now they're starting to dig in, I want what I want. Yeah. It, it's stuff like that. How I got to ask you this, and I wrote this down as you were talking. You know, we're talking about litigation, but how much, what, what, is this a court situation? Does it actually, how much of this actually goes to court? Is a lot of it just around the table with a couple of lawyers and maybe a, a, a witness? And it's decided by a negotiating board. What's it, what's it look like in reality? Most of them, when we get to this formal level of, let's just say, debate, it's one of two things, okay? The first, and some states require this, okay? If there is an impasse between the parents and the school district, some states have required and say, you've got to go to mediation. So mediation basically is, you know, the parents, officials from the school district or, or whomever um, on, on different sides of the table, potentially represented by their lawyers. The parents sometimes are represented by advocates. So most of the disagreements in a formal sense will go to mediation. And honestly, I don't know the percentage. It varies probably state to state that actually get resolved through mediation. Okay. The next level up is a due process hearing. And a due process hearing, usually, it's run by the State Department of Education in the sense oh. that they, they train, they identify and train what are called hearing officers. And, you know, it is like a, a court situation, okay? Because, you know, there is testimony, there is discovery uh, in terms of, you know, all of the records are open records that we're going to talk about uh, in the due process hearing. There is, you know, there are witnesses, there is testimony and rebuttal. So it, it basically is set up in a sense. It is a court hearing. Um, is it and sometimes it's is, actually, is it usually public? You know, no. No, this yeah. is, uh, yeah, I, I don't know 
any that I mean, all the different ones. I've probably done about forty to fifty of these. They've yeah. always been private. They're they're in a room. But I but would assume again, so. I'm, I'm is, assuming that. Yeah. 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 It's it's a formal hearing, and in fact, you can go onto the website of virtually any Department of Education, State Department of Education, and they have to post the decisions. Uh, now, again, names and so on are usually redacted, um, but you can look at the history of due process hearings in Maine for the last whatever, 12, 15 years, and see what kind of cases are being tried, if you will, again, and, yeah. and, what, you know, who, and who won. Well, it's, it's, really, it's so, really fascinating. I want to get through these seven suggestions. We're up to number four. Yeah. Let's go to five okay. or six or whatever you want to do. All right. So let's do five and six. All right. Okay. School districts need to understand, and I'm going to use this loosely, but that parents sometimes go through the stages of grief when they realize that they have a student who is a, a disabled student or a disabled child or adolescent. Okay. And so sometimes parents are walking into these disagreements, even early on, with a level of emotionality. And, and again, I'm not being disrespectful or disparaging to the parents, but no. parents, they're, they're afraid, they're anxious, they're angry, they're in denial, and, and sometimes they're depressed, and, and, and they go through these stages. So that's suggestion five, is that school districts, administrators, Special ed teachers, general ed teachers need to understand that sometimes the behavior and the interactions and the arguments of the parents are to some degree coming from an emotional place as well as from, if you will, a factual place. The sixth suggestion is keep it professional, not personal. You know, and it's again, hard. Just as it's a, hard. Well, it is. It is hard. It is hard. And and. It, and I'll go kind of two directions with this one. One is that sometimes, again, as this gets into due process and into litigation, the school board lawyers are the ones taking the lead. They're lawyers. And, and I, I don't want to stereotype them. And, again, I don't want to be disparaging to them. But, again, they're coming from a different set of standards, a different set of rules and expectations. And, and sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes lawyers – don't always demonstrate the best social skills. <laughs> you, you've got lawyers just like anyone else. They're bullies. <laughs> but, but sometimes what happens is as they're preparing the case for the people who are testifying, meaning the administrators, the teachers, and so on, the teachers and the administrators stump, sometimes model the approach of the lawyer and they think that, you know, in testimony, it's okay to kind of, kind of throw a couple of digs, you know, launch a couple of, uh, of grenades into, into the discussion. Okay. Now, the other side of it is that sometimes, again, parents from their emotionality, they get upset and, and they, they lose their heads a little bit. And so sometimes yeah. they do get personal and they're not as, quote, professional as they might yeah. be. And, and sometimes in the face of that, again, then the teachers and the administrators say, well, look, you know, tit for tat, if they're going to be like that, I'm going to be like that. And yeah, exactly. You can't just, do that. Just, yeah, we got to avoid that. Yeah. yeah you 
boy, do you have to avoid that. That's not you're not kidding for for a multitude of reasons. What's number seven? Number seven is <laughs> don't mediate if you don't intend to moderate. <laughs> so okay, what so does this that goes mean? back to this goes back to the mediation because again, sometimes what happens is. You know, the school district, quite honestly, or the school board lawyers, they're just kind of playing it out, and they're saying, all right, look, we'll go to mediation. And and sometimes they know that there is nothing, there is no way that the school is going to give in to anything that the parents want. And so my point is, you know, and, and again, I know sometimes you're state required to do it, but don't get into the whole mediation process. And if you can, you know, and, and if it's, it's, you know, an elective thing in your state, don't go into mediation when, as a school district, you have no intent to moderate, to negotiate, to, to try to resolve the situation. Because the outcome of that is that the parents are going to be even more angry because, remember, they're paying right now out of pocket for lawyers. Okay, or advocates. Yeah, true. So, if, if you go into the mediation and basically the school district stonewalls you, the parents walk out, and sometimes they're even more angry than they were before. They're more disappointed than they were before, and they're going to redouble their efforts and saying, "All right, we are going to we're going to litigation, and we're going to beat those <laughs> fill yeah. in the blank." Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to fill in the blank. I, I think everybody can kind of do that themselves. I don't have to fill it in in, 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 in for them. You know, it, it's really just uh, something out there. And I got to say something. Do the mediators take into consideration? And these are, these are tough, okay, all the pandemic money's running out, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they have to hire more teachers, et cetera. And Howie, you know as well as I do that the federal and state mandates that come down to special education. They tell them what to do. It adds all this stuff, but the money isn't there to actually do it. Okay, so while the mandate is there, they, they just can't do it. There's not enough staff, not enough time, not enough money, whatever the case may be. In this day and age, knowing that and going into, I'll call it mediation, litigation, whatever the hell you want to call it, just talking about, I don't, parents certainly don't understand that. Okay, and they want their kid, and I certainly understand this, to be taken care of according to the law. But the law right. is putting a lot of pressure on the special ed people. Okay, I'll just use that as the example in the school district. Okay, that they just can't afford, just can't do. There's not, a, as you well know, there's not enough school psychologists. There's, there's not enough special right. ed teachers. Go right down the list. How is that affecting the way these things are adjudicated right now, if at all? I'm going to add. All right. Does anybody so, take that into consideration? Yes and no, but quite honestly, mostly no. All right, so let me okay. let me go outside in. All right, so outside, litigation. If you're in litigation, remember, you're in the court of law. You've left the kingdom of education behind, yeah. meaning yep. that whether it's a hearing officer or an administrative judge, I, I was just on a case this summer uh, on the on the East Coast. It was it was a court of law. It was an administrative law judge. Okay, so if it, if it's a, a due process hearing officer or a judge, they're basing the decision not on resources. They're basing it on law. 
Okay, so it, it's much more black and white when you get up to the litigation point. For mediation, um, and just so you know, I mean, I'm actually a certified mediator. I don't do it, okay? But I went through the, the Florida Supreme Court training on mediation, wow. okay? And a mediator is different than a hearing officer because the mediator is not there to interpret law. They're not there to make judicial, if you will, regulatory decisions. They're there to try to find a way past an impasse between the two parties. Yeah. Now, again, it's, it's nice when the mediator knows about special ed law because they can counsel the two and say, well, you know, in my experience, the law really doesn't say that, but, you know, I'm not here to make pronouncements on law. I'm trying to help you guys to resolve some issues. So in mediation, resources may come more into the picture, but only if the parent is willing to allow that into the picture. The bottom line is this. It's, it's called an IEP for a reason. <laughs> it's an individualized <laughs> education plan. Okay, the law mm -hmm. says in most cases, the law says that if you, if a parent signs to have their child um, evaluated for eligibility, you've got whatever it is, 45 days, you've got 60 days to do it. And, you know, on, on, on a legal level, and, and it's not that the parents are saying it this way, but on a legal level, you know, if you don't have enough school psychologists to meet the regulations and you don't give me a report until uh, five months down the road, okay, then by law, I have the right to contest that. Of course, so, they do. So, again, you know, the resources are embedded in it, but once you're more formally into the legal part of it, the, the resources are not as critical in terms of the decisions. And, Howie, let me ask you this. These days... Okay, uh, just gen I have to say generically, anecdotally, which way uh, are the courts, I'll call the whole thing the courts, which are the mediators, however you want to say that, which way are they leaning these days? Are they tend to be leaning more to the parent or are they leaning more to the school districts? It's, My bet is the school pretty, districts, but yeah, I may be totally wrong. Right. Yeah. No, it, it's pretty universal. It's not absolute because... You know, it's going to vary some by state to state. Of but course. in of general, course. the school districts largely win. Okay. I mean, I'll ballpark it. Maybe 80% to 20%. And again, I don't want people to quote and footnote me. Okay. But I mean, we're not talking about, yeah, we're not talking about 55 to 45%. I mean, in most cases. It's substantial majority. Yeah. It's pretty substantial majority. The school districts win. But the point you know, and, again and, is, and again, I'm just going to say this: the school. I'll say this till the end. The school districts want to do the best for kids. Sometimes they just can't, or they make an error. I, I don't know. I can't. Sure. I would hard, find it hard that very few would do anything intentionally to harm a kid. That I right. do, do from everybody I know out there. Right. You know, but it, but I don't. I don't want that. I don't want that statistic to empower school districts because. Right. Understand, you may win the short term, but you may lose the long term <laughs> relationship. But there's yeah. another factor here, Larry. It's called a it pirate takes victory. Hours, 
It takes hours and hours and hours to prepare for, to practice for, to litigate a case. You have to drag teachers, related service people, administrators into court. Their anxiety is, is sky high. Yeah. There's a yeah, human right. toll even on the school district to litigate. Yeah. And, and so just because the districts usually win, that should not be a free pass for, for school districts to say, well, okay, we'll, we'll go to litigation. We're probably going to win. So Yeah, because like I said before, it's a pirate victory. You remember that from history yeah. class? Yeah. Yep. You know, it's that kind of a thing. And, um, well, school districts just have to be aware, okay? And the parents have to be yeah. aware, too, okay? And the simplest yeah. answer is work it out. And the other simple answer, if I may be so bold, school districts, Howie's at projectachieve.info. And he, as you just heard, he knows his stuff. And working with your school, if he can work with your school district, you'll be able to avoid a lot of this. Okay, or have great help if it happens. There you go, Howard. There's a plug for you. Okay, Project Achieve done. Right. Well, well, okay, you know, it's good, you know, good stuff. It, I, I got to tell you, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and, and again, I mean, I certainly work with school districts that are sure in a, pre-lit, a pre-litigation phase. But, you know, I do two things. One is I'm, I'm a straight shooter. And, you know, if a district or a parent comes to me and they say, all right, here's the case, and I get the basic documentation, I'm going to tell them. You know, and if the district's sitting there and they really don't have a leg to stand on, it's my responsibility to tell them that. Yeah, exactly. But what I can do do second to help is I can say, look, this is what – from my professional experience, from my 40 years of working across the country, this is what you need to do. Here's, here's the, the multi-tiered system that you need. Here's the social-emotional learning system that you need. Here are the interventions yeah. for this behaviorally challenging student. So I'm not going to just hang, you know, leave the, the school district hanging and say, yeah, you don't have a case. I'm going to say, look, let me help you to close the gaps so that everyone hopefully can win. So here's the summary, Larry, okay? Sure. Right? What I'm trying to do, and, and I hate that this is more medical, but I couldn't come up with a better acronym. <laughs> I'm, trying to help, I'm trying to help the school districts to cure themselves relative to avoiding special education hearings and acrimony. All right, so the acronym is CURE, okay? Yep. You've got to have commu- you've got to have communication, you've got to have understanding, you've got yep. to have relationships and relationship building, and you've got to have empathy. You so go. you've got to communicate, you've got to understand the law and what you can do and what you should do. You've got to maintain those relationships with the parents and you've got to do it. The best path to do that is through empathy. And, you know, what Covey used to say, he said, yeah. seek first to understand, then to be understood. So sometimes as we get into some of the grumblings relative to, you know, the school district and the parents, I'm really encouraging the school district, seek first to understand, try to understand the parent, understand where they're coming from, understand their child before you start pressing them to understand what you as a school district can and can't do or maybe won't do. Can I say that uh, they've got the fever, but Howie has the cure? <laughs> there you go. I love it. Bad. 
That wasn't bad. You that got was the fever, good. but I got the, the cure. Not Howie, bad, this is good. Yeah, it's good stuff. You can uh, uh, take it as a trademark, buddy. Okay, this is good stuff, Howie. We got to go in just a minute or so, but I just want to thank you as always for being here. I love having you on, as you know. Okay, so thank you for everything you do for us and for school districts. Appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure. Mine as well. Have a good one. Have a good weekend, Howie. All right, you too. Take care. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Howie Knopf. Howie, Dr. Knopf, okay, is over at projectachieve.info, and he knows his stuff. Okay, he knows his stuff. That's all I'm going to leave it at. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. I'm Larry Jacobs. Thank you for listening, and have a serious and thoughtful Veterans Day weekend.